The tournament is in full swing and the action hasn't disappointed. Oh, my bracket's already ruined, damn it, Purdue. DraftKings, Sportsbook America's top-rated sportsbook app is putting new customers in the center of action. Bet $1 on any tournament game, and if your team wins, you win $100. It's that simple. Turning $1 into $100 is 100 to 1 odds. Pick any college basketball team that's still in the hunt for your shot at winning $100. All it takes is a $1 bet and the team winning their next game. There's no better way to put up your college basketball knowledge to the test than to put up your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if college basketball isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook has 100 to 1 odds on select fighters for this weekend's UFC 260 bout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 if the college basketball team of your choosing pulls off the win. That's code TBPN to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Check out the Daily Fantasy app as well. DraftKings.com Daily Fantasy or the Daily Fantasy app on all app stores. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, L.A. basketball fans, and welcome to the next episode of L.A. Courtside, a podcast brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network, and of course, I am your host, L.A. Ray. Before I get into my Clippers and Lakers analysis on this particular episode, we gotta throw some love out to the USC Trojans and the UCLA Bruins, who are both made it to the Sweet 16. What you just heard there was the fight song of both of those schools. The first one was the USC Trojans, and the next one was the UCLA Bruins, respectively. Again, both LA area teams, baby, have made it to the Sweet 16. UCLA wasn't even uh, thought about making this Sweet 16 more, let me say this, the players probably thought they would. National pundits and people who handicapped these games did not think UCLA would have made the Sweet 16, but here they are. So I just want to spend a couple of minutes on our college area teams. Of course, 
you know, this podcast is all about professional basketball, but if any of you are familiar with myself, L.A. Ray, baby, you know I love college basketball as well. I love this NCAA tournament. And, uh, again, kudos to both of the L.A. area teams for making it to the Sweet 16. Let me first start off with uh, USC, who finished the season at 24-7, and and they came into the tournament uh, ranked number six, or a sixth seed, I should say. Their opening game, they disposed of Drake 72 to 56. Game number two, though, in the round of 32, they just destroyed the Kansas Jayhawks. Rock chalk Jayhawk. That's one of Dick Vitale's favorite teams, one of his favorite sayings. Rock chalk Jayhawk, with all of the history that Kansas has. Of course, USC is mainly a football school, but every now and then they'll come up and bite you on the basketball court, baby. They destroyed Kansas 85 to 51. And their Sweet 16 game is against the Oregon Ducks, also out of the Pac 10. Pac 10 is balling, baby. Big 10, by the way, has not been doing well at all. Now, I'm originally from Michigan, as you all know, and I'm glad to see the University of Michigan in the Sweet 16. But they're the only Big 10 team that's in the Sweet 16. Uh, the Pac 10 is balling, baby. USC is led by, of course, the Mobley. Brothers, uh, Isaiah Mobley, the oldest brother, averaging 9.5 points per game and 7.3 rebounds. And Evan Mobley, who's the freshman, the younger brother, is averaging 16.5 points per game, 8.8 rebounds, 58% from the field. This dude will be in the NBA next year. So you can say bye-bye to college for this kid. Kid got some game, man. So uh, USC... Let's uh, let's hope they have a very good game this weekend against Oregon and continue to advance. Again, these teams are from L.A., so we are rooting very hard for them to win. As far as UCLA goes, again, they were not even expected to be in this tournament. They finished the year at 20-9, and nine, and they were 11 seed and ended up playing Michigan State in a playing game. And I think all that was was the NCAA trying to get some ratings you know, they they have some huge histories at this school, especially UCLA. We know the history of the Bruins, that UCLA squads of the past, Bill Walton and all of those dudes that come through that school, man. And um, But they were 11 seed. They put them up against Michigan State, and that was a very good game, but they prevailed against Michigan State. And then they beat BYU 73 to 62 in the first game and then they beat the Abilene Christian team 67 47 that Abilene Christian team uh, upset a fraudulent Texas team in the first round Texas was a third seed and they beat that squad uh, in round 32 so uh, the UCLA squad of course is led by sophomore Johnny Juzang everybody loves to pronounce that name Johnny Juzang from Tarzana, California, six point uh, six foot six inch guard, I should say, averaging fifteen point one points per game and four point one rebounds, and then of course Jamie Hawkes, twelve point two points per game, six point one rebounds. So UCLA is right in the mix, right in the mix. Now they're going to have a very tough game against uh, Alabama uh, coming up this weekend. But if they continue to play like they've been playing, you know, they have a chance to beat Alabama. When you're in the Sweet 16, baby, you're in the Sweet 16, anybody can win these games now. Or, you know, when this tournament first started, 
anybody can win these games. This is a different tournament from in the past because of the COVID, you know, and all of that stuff going on with that. Uh, VCU, uh, Virginia Commonwealth, had to actually forfeit a game because a couple of their players or maybe a coaching, coaches or staff members or something uh, contracted the COVID. And I believe Oregon was a team that actually benefited from that and was able to advance without even playing a game. So this is a very, very strange year, but whoever wins this championship is not going to have an asterisk behind it. Everybody was playing under the same circumstances. So we'll see what happens. So again, let's, uh, for you LA basketball fans out there who are, uh, of course, NBA fans, but if you're actually college basketball fans as well, like myself, let's root for the Trojans and the Bruins to continue on in the NCAA tournament, baby. Uh, my next topic, of course, I'll talk about the L.A. Lakers. Uh, my last topic of the night would be on the Clippers, who have a game that they're playing uh, tonight as of this uh, recording against the San Antonio Spurs. So I will come back after that game is over and uh, finish up with the Clippers. But the L.A. Lakers, of course, without LeBron James, who got injured in that Atlanta game, since that game, they have lost uh, two straight games, one to Phoenix, 111-94. And then on Tuesday, they lost to New Orleans, 128-111. to Now, my message to LA Nation, the Lake Show, the Lakers fan base, don't get bent out of shape about this and don't worry about seeding. The Lakers will make the playoffs as of right now. You know, as far as the doctors and the trainers and the doctors that, that play doctors on the radio and blah, blah, blah. LeBron James may be back or should be back in three to four weeks. They they, they consider him out indefinitely, but uh, the word around the NBA is uh, three to four weeks. So let's even say it's four weeks, okay? They just need to um, hold the fort. Hold the fort to the king get back, baby. I mean, that's really much. That's pretty much all you can do. Anthony Davis has a two to three week recovery uh, time span uh, attached to him, and uh, hopefully he can get back soon to uh, to help this team out. Now, in the meantime, the rest of the Lakers they need to step up their game. I know this sounds really simplistic, but it's what they need to do. What else are they going to do? The trade deadline is on Thursday, the twenty fifth. We're not sure what the Lakers are going to do. Uh, and then after that, you have the buyout situations where teams will be buying out players such as Andre Drummond. You know, maybe um, uh, if they're looking for a another three-point shooter, maybe a Wayne Ellington from the Pistons or something like that. Or maybe even thinking about a trade to bring JaVale McGee back or or another big man. Uh, to to help out with uh, rebounding and protecting the paint. So, you know, that's Rob Palinka's job. I'm sure he's going to do something. He's not going to be sitting back on his uh, hands doing nothing. He's going to bring in somebody that's going to help this team out down the stretch. Another name out there, Hassan Whiteside of uh, Sacramento, is another trade possibility. But going back to these last couple of games, the game against Phoenix – uh, that they lost, again, 111-94. Uh, Dennis Schroeder in that game had a really, really good game, 8 out of 14 from the field, 2 out of 4 from three-piece land for 22 points. 
Kyle Kuzma started in that game and played 36 minutes. His minutes, again, I mentioned this in my last episode, his minutes are going to pick up. Kuzma's minutes is going to pick up big time, and hopefully he can step up to the plate. You know, he's one of their better players. I mean, without LeBron and AD, Kuzma is one of their top two players, let's say. May even be their top player. You know, maybe him, Schroeder, he's probably their top player. You know, when you look at it, he's going to have to step up big time. And uh, in that game, Kuzma was five out of, he was only five out of 16, two of eight from three piece land and scored 13 points. Going to need a little bit more production from him. It's, it's just all it is to it. Now, some of the other players, uh, Wes Matthews in that particular game, 0 for 5. His minutes will probably pick up 0 for 5, 16 minutes, zero points, zero. Goose egg, nada, not a basket, not a damn basket from Wes Matthews. You're going to have to pick that up, baby. It's simple as that. You're going to have to pick that up. KCP, who has been an enigma since the middle part of the first half of the season you know he started off strong he was hitting threes all over the place the confidence level was really really high on or or with KCP I don't know what happened what has happened with him but lately he has not been playing well at all at all against Phoenix 30 minutes that's a lot of minutes folks 30 minutes two out of seven from the field only one out of four from three piece land seven points you're going to need more production out of kcp there's no doubt about it again if the lakers decide to bring uh you know if they think their shooting is not up to par and when i mean shooting i'm just talking about like outside three-point type shooting they're gonna have to think about bringing someone else in like a, a, a wayne ellington or somebody of that ilk to help out with their three-point shooting because right now, KCP is just not getting it done. And, you know, uh, looking at the Twitter posts and all of that, and, you know, I, it seems like I hear a lot of excuses for KCP. Well, you know, in last year in the playoffs, he did play well. And, you know, and then when the playoffs start this year, he'll pick it up. At the beginning of this year, he played pretty well. You know, Coach Vogel knows what, what, what he could, what he can deliver. And but that doesn't mean a hill of beans right now. Right now, he's not playing well. So we don't know what's going to happen when the playoffs start. He's going to have to pick his game up, folks. It's as simple as that. You know, he's a vital part of that uh, starting five, especially with the two superstars out. Pick that game up, KCP. Um, uh, Keith Morris, Mark Keith, 23 minutes, only one out of six from the field. Two points. He did have eight rebounds, though couple of assists and um, but he only scored two points so you know Lakers this is your time to shine this is your time to show coach Vogel what you're made of this is your time to gain some confidence without your two best players on the court it's similar to what and again I'll get to the Clippers a little later similar what the Clippers were doing when uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard was out for a brief amount of time and then the Clippers won something like maybe four or five games sometime in the middle of the season and their bench was balling man their bench was balling big time and they gained a lot of confidence it's the same thing that the Lakers are going to have to do here the only one that's really playing with any amount of consistency right now is Montrez Harrell in this game against Phoenix 10 out of 13 from the field 
23 points, 10 rebounds. I have no clue why there's so many rumors out there about possibly trading Montrez Harrell. I just don't get it. He's probably their best player right now. He's probably their best player as far as as far as production. Anyway, you know, he's balling in the last three games, including that Atlanta game that LeBron James got hurt in. Harold has led the team in scoring 23 points against Atlanta, 23 points against Phoenix, 18 points against New Orleans. He's also led the team in rebounding in two out of those three games. So, you know, I'm not sure what Laker fans are looking for out of this guy. I mentioned this seemed like I, I'm on this topic on every episode that I do here, but I, there's no way in the world I would trade this guy. Why would you? Why would you? You, you, you have to go to the well with uh, Trez Harrell, baby. You know, as far as I'm concerned, he goes nowhere. And then the game against New Orleans, the, the last game the Lakers played in 128-111 loss to New Orleans. And that's a game where, I mean, Brandon Ingram, he must have been on some sort of a revenge tour uh, against the Lakers. I mean, he just destroyed them, man. 14 out of 21 from the field. Four or six from three-piece land. Scored 36 points, killing, killing the Lakers. And, you know, it's much easier for Ingram to have these kind of stats without LeBron and uh, AD, of course. But still, um, you know, he still feels good about this particular game. I'm, I'm speaking of Ingram. Um, he, he was killing him. You know, Zion, 9 of 13, 27 points. They are, uh, you know, the Pelicans are a very, very good team. Very, very good team. Very, very good young team. So uh, a 128-111 victory. So as far as the Lakers are concerned in that particular game, uh, Keith Morris had a better game this particular time. 27 minutes, 6 out of 14. The field goal percentage wasn't that great, but he was 3 of 8 from 3-piece land and scored 16 points. So he had a better game uh, this particular go-around. Kyle Kuzma, also 6 out of 14, played 34 minutes. Again, Kuzma's minutes are going to pick up. But he was four out of eight from three-piece land. That's 50%. That is good. He also led the team in rebounds in this particular game with 10. And he scored 16 points. Kuzma is a much, much better rebounder than anyone ever gave him credit for, including myself. You know, he rebounds really, really well without uh, AD and LeBron uh, in the lineup. Well, specifically without AD in the lineup. When Le Before LeBron got hurt, Kuzma typically led the team in rebounding in a lot of those games. Uh, Schroeder. Again, 35 minutes. Look at the minutes that's that's picked up on some of these players without LeBron James. 35 minutes. Shooter hasn't been playing that many minutes, you know, on an average anyway, uh, throughout the year. Two of 10 from the field. Two of 10. He was 10 of 12 from the free throw line, scored 15 points. Two of 10 from the field, though, 20%, baby, is not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it. Shooter has to play better. Uh, again, KCP, don't know what the hell is going on with KCP, man. 22 minutes, one out of seven from the field. Three points as a starter in 22 minutes. Okay. Uh, who played a good game? Trez Harrell. Again, the guy many people are, are talking about trading for whatever reason. Don't know what's going on with all of that. All of that babble was about trading Trez. No way in the world I would do that, but he was 5 out of 10, 50%, 18 points, 8 out of 12 from the free throw, from the free throw line, 6 rebounds. Again, consistency 
It's what you get from Trez, consistency. You know what you're going to get game in and game out. He brings 110% on that court every single game, every game. And uh, he'll continue to do that between now and the end of the year. Wes Matthews, he had a better game, five out of nine from the field, 14 points. I've always said I wasn't even sure what his role was with the Lakers when they when he uh, came to the uh, team at the beginning of the year. You know, a 3 and D wing maybe. So he hasn't been consistent all year, but he did have a good game here. And Caruso scored 10 points. And then Taylor Horton Tucker, who, again, his minutes are up and down like a roller coaster. Uh, he only scored five points. But so say all that to say the Lakers, they, um, they're just going to have to try their best to, to hold court. Hold court. And we'll see what happens on the uh, trade deadline um, when uh, the 25th rolls around, which is uh, tomorrow, as of this taping. Tomorrow, this this podcast will drop on the 25th on Thursday. But we'll see if the Lakers make any deals to to try to enhance their chances of winning champions, especially now that LeBron is out. The Lakers' next game is uh, the 25th. Thursday night against the Philadelphia 76ers. It's not going to be a walk in the park, of course, even without Joel Embiid. And um, right now they're on a three-game losing streak. After that, they have Cleveland, Orlando, and then you got Milwaukee and Sacramento. So they have a chance to win a few of these ball games. One game I'm definitely looking forward to is Sunday, April the 4th, against the Clip Joint. The Clip Joint, which is a team that I'm going to talk about next once this game is over tonight against San Antonio. The Clip Joint. And I'm still expecting both of these L.A. teams to reach the Western Conference Finals, baby. There's no doubt in my mind. You know, even with what's going on now with the Lakers, because LeBron James will be back. A.D. will be back. Palenka will make some sort of deal to um, to help this team out whether it's a Drummond or a Whiteside or a JaVale McGee or whomever, he'll, he'll bring some reinforcements in to help this team out. I mean, this is the Lakers. And, you know, they, they, they want to win two consecutive championships. So they'll bring in, Palenka will bring in somebody to help this team out. There's no doubt about that. The Lakers are not standing pat. There's no way in the world they'll stand pat. So looking forward to that, looking forward to the trade deadline uh, tomorrow. Uh, not only see what the Lakers are going to do uh, and the Clippers are going to do, but all the rest of the NBA uh, teams uh, to see what they're going to do. What players are going to go where? What players are going to be bought out? What players are going to get traded? And, and all those sorts of things. We will find all of that out on the Thursday, the 25th. And with that, I will close this Lakers segment out. And I'm getting ready to watch the Clippers and San Antonio game. And then once that game is over, I will be back with you all to analyze that particular game and then where the Clippers are at at this point in the season. With so much drama in the LBC, it's kind of hard being Snoop D-O-double-G, but I Somehow, some way, keep coming up with funky ass hits like every single day. May I kick a little something for the G's and make a few ends as I breeze through. Two in the morning and the party still jumping because my mama ain't home. I got some freaks in the living room getting it. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, LA? Told you guys I'd be back. That didn't even take long, did it? As you were listening to Snoop Dogg. 
Gin and Juice, one of the all-time classics by my man Snoop Dogg. So I just finished watching the Clippers just totally destroy, demolish, thrash, whatever adjective you want to put in there. The San Antonio Spurs, 134-101. to 101. It was just a, a pasting, I would say. Game wasn't even close. 33-point victory in San Antonio by the Clippers. And folks, let me tell you something. This Clipper team uh, right now is playing very, very good basketball. They have won four out of their last five games. Their only loss was in that second game against Dallas in Dallas where Luka Doncic just went off on the Clippers scoring 42 points. That's the only game that they've lost in the last five um, Saturday, they defeated Charlotte. I talked about that in my previous podcast, my last uh, episode, 125 and 98, just destroyed the Charlotte Hornets. And the game against Atlanta, though, I've not had a chance to talk about that. That is the game that the Clippers were down by 22 points. 22 points. And a Tyloo, what does he do? Clears the bench or, 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 or takes the starters out and put them on the bench and uh, bring in the bench players. And what do they do? They just go on to win that game. As simple as that. 119 to 110. That goes to show you the confidence that Ty Lue has in that bench. And that is the difference between right now, Laker Nation, I hate to say, but the, the Clippers bench and the output that they give when when, when uh, their stars are not playing well. Or again, as I mentioned earlier, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard were hurt as they were earlier in the season uh, for a brief uh, few games. And then the Clippers bench came in and was balling and won like maybe four out of five games or something like that. Guys like Lou Williams, uh, T-Man, uh, Reggie Jackson, uh Marcus Morris Sr. I mean, they came in and was balling, and they just held the ship up until their stars get get uh, or got back. That's what the Lakers exactly what they need to do. But going back to the Clippers in that um, game against Atlanta, again they were down by 22 points, down by 22. Came back and win that game, won that game. Uh, Kawhi played well uh, as usual. 8 out of 14 from the field, 3 out of 4 from 3 piece land, 25 points. He played his usual Kawhi Leonard game. Now, the other Clipper superstar, I'm not sure, like uh, uh, Clipper fans, I'm sorry, I'm not sure, Clipper fans, that if you're worried about Paul George, but in that Atlanta game, uh, Paul George, he played 33 minutes, but he was only 3 of 12 from the field. 2 of 7 from 3 piece land, only scored 8 points. I'm not sure what's going on with Paul George. His, his play is not as consistent right now, but I'm sure he'll pick it up. Dude's an all-star. Dude's an all-star. He'll pick up his play between now and the end of the year, I'm sure. You know, Paul George has been on a mission uh, for the entire year. You know, after they, they the Clippers, and let's say they blew that lead against Denver, you know, three games, one hit, uh, uh, you know, can't help but to keep bringing that up, but it did happen. But Paul George is on a mission since then. So I'm not too much worried about Paul George. Uh, Marcus Morris Sr. Sr. 
senior, 6 out of 11 in that game against Atlanta for 19 points. Terrence Mann, that's one of the players that came off the bench when they were down by 22, 29 minutes, 8 out of 14 from the field, 21 points for T-Man. And in that game against Atlanta, you guys already know, always have something to say about Luke Kennard. There was actually a Luke Kennard sighting in the game against Atlanta. A Luke Kennard sighting. I put something on Twitter. I don't know if you guys remember that movie from back in the day. I think it was the early 70s. Uh, Paul Newman, I think, was the actor who played a character called Cool Hand Luke. Cool Hand Luke. Dude was in prison and just didn't want to do anything what the, what the uh, prison guards told him to do. Cool Hand Luke. I put a picture up on Twitter. That's why I'm going to start calling Luke Kennard Cool Hand Luke. In that game against Atlanta, Luke Kennard played 18 minutes and was 8 of 8 from the field. 4 of 4 from three-piece land. He scored 20 points. And he made a, a half-court shot right at the end of the first half that really, really got the Clippers going. Let's take a quick listen to that. I want to get him underneath that 10-point deficit that we had talked about. So instead, it was then nine. Kennard, by the way, 22 of his last 34 from the field, his last five games. Rondo accelerates, floats it. No, Kennard with the rebound. The Clippers have time. Sidesteps defenders. They heave. Oh, he put it in. Oh, my goodness. What a crescendo for the Clippers to close out the third after trailing by its view from the period score, no score. Down to eight here as we enter the fourth quarter. Now, let me say this before, because I don't want Clipper fans not to get too excited about that. Uh, I mean, that was a very good game by Luke Kennard, don't get me wrong, but, you know, one of the easiest things for an NBA player is to come off the bench when your team is down by 22 points. The coach takes the starters out of the game, bring in the reserves to basically just jack up shots, which is what he did. Now, I give him credit. Now, he made all of them. He made all of them. But what I'm saying is that's that's relatively easy for an NBA player to do, not make all the shots. I'm saying is there's no pressure. There was no pressure on those reserves to uh, come back and win that game, even though, you know, they played well. Nobody thought they were going to come back and win that game down by 22, and you got the reserves in there. So for an NBA player, I'm coming off the bench. Hey, man, I'm jacking them up. Hey, there's no pressure on me. You know, this game is not tight. I'm, I'm just going to start jacking up shots. That's what he did. Okay? So what I'm saying is don't read too much into that. Don't read too much into that. In this game um, uh, tonight, you know, Luke Kennard, he only played like 12 minutes, something like that. He played like 12 minutes in this game. So he's still not getting into the games in crunch time. You know, Ty Lue hasn't all of a sudden forgotten how to coach or Ty Lue hasn't forgotten how to uh, rate his players and determine which are the best players to to come into these games to give them the best chance to win. He hasn't forgotten about that. If, 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 if Luke Kennard was the best option to play 25 minutes a game, let's say, as a reserve, he would be doing that. 
Okay, he's not doing that right now. So uh, apparently there's something to that. And again, as I said, in this game, he only played 12 minutes in this game, even though the Clippers blew out the Spurs uh, in this game that I just uh, watched, 134 to 101. Luke Kennard played 12 minutes, was two or four from the field, two or three from uh, three-piece land, scored six points. You know, he, he didn't play 25 minutes or anything like that. You know, Terrence Mann played 25 minutes, scored seven points, three of eight from uh, from the field, one of one from three-piece land. So just saying that again, uh, Luke Kennard, is, he's going to have to have a whole lot more consistency. They didn't pay him or not going to pay him starting next year, $64 million to come off the bench in a 22-point uh, deficit against somebody and hit a lucky, miraculous half-court shot and go 8 of 8 from the field in a game where no one thought the Clippers were going to win. Or even in this game against San Antonio where the Clippers were blowing them out pretty much. And then you bring Luke Kennard in, <laughs> excuse me, uh, on garbage time. Because that's pretty much when he plays, when it's garbage time. They're not playing him $64 million a year starting next year to do that. So again, uh, Clippers just, you know, uh, kind of reel the Luke Kennard thing in a little bit. I'm not against the guy. He's just, you know, every every team has a, a whipping boy, so to speak. Kennard just happens to be mine. But I hope I hope he, um, you know, picks it up and starts playing up to his potential. Uh, Nick Batum, 26 minutes, 3 of 5 from the field, 3 of 4 from 3-piece land for 13 points. He played pretty well in this game against San Antonio. As far as your starters go, uh, Kawhi Leonard again. <clears throat> Excuse me, Kawhi Leonard again. What are you going to say? 9 out of 12. He is so consistent, it's ridiculous. 32 minutes, 25 points, and he does it just so quietly. It doesn't, it doesn't even seem like he's out there trying too hard. It's just how good he is. He's so efficient. You know, seven rebounds, three assists, five steals. Five steals, 25 points. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, he had a better game. This particular time, as opposed to the Atlanta game, he was 8 out of 18 from the field. However, he was 0-4-6 from three-piece land. That's not good. They're going to need uh, some improvement there from Paul George. But he did have six rebounds and four assists for 17 points. He also led the team in assists again. Well, he kind of tied with Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson did have four assists, so I'm going to give him credit. I'm not going to go on the Clippers need a point guard bandwagon on this particular game. They did blow San Antonio out by 33 points. However, the trade deadline is on Thursday, the 25th. Tomorrow, at the time of this taping, uh, this taping is Wednesday, but the trade deadline is tomorrow, Thursday, and uh, we'll see what the Clippers do. Are they going to go after a point guard or not? That remains to be seen. Uh, Zubats seem like he's always uh, either a 5 of 5, 6 of 6, 7 of 7, 8 of 8. He was uh, 5 out of 5 in this particular game. Played 32 minutes, scored 14 points. He played very well. You know, ever since he's been in that line, uh, starting lineup, he's been doing well. It, it, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with the Clippers when Ibaka gets back. And also when uh, Pat Bev gets back as well. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens to that team. Lou Williams, by the way, I forgot to even mention him. 17 minutes, 6 out of 12 from the field. That's 50%. 16 points. He also scored his 15,000 point of his career. 15 stacks for Lou Williams. 
they interviewed him after the game, and he said he was very appreciative of just being in the league for as long as he, as he has been and being able to come off the bench. That is a monumental uh, achievement to score 15,000 points while you're pretty much being uh, a six-man, let's say. And a very good six-man. I remember earlier in the year, there were some Clipper fans that wanted to trade Lou Williams. And even at that point, I'm, I'm like back then, hey, L.A. Ray, baby, is saying, no, don't trade Lou Williams. You know, you need that guy coming off the bench, man. That, that, that kid can still score. Lou Williams can still score. And he proved that tonight. Now, you know, he has to be consistent, of course. And I think down the stretch, he will be. So he played pretty well tonight, 16 points. And Reggie Jackson, uh, lastly, um, three or six from the field, two or three from three-piece land, nine points. If it sounds like, in my voice, if it sounds like it's like, ah, oh, well, oh, well. I'm just not big on Reggie Jackson. Sorry, Clippers fans. That's just me. Uh, I think they need to upgrade there. When Pat Bev come back, comes back, we'll see what happens with the uh, point guard situation. As I mentioned, are they going to keep uh, Reggie Jackson? Will it be just Pat Bev and Reggie Jackson just running the point guard show? Or will they try to go out and improve on that position? So overall, again, the Clippers are playing very well. They're 29-16. and 16. They are number two in the Pacific Division behind Phoenix. Number three overall in the Western Conference behind Utah and Phoenix. Then you have the Clippers. And then right behind them, you have the Lake Show, who are like a half name behind the Clippers. So uh, uh, going down the road again, Lakers, Clippers, baby. Lakers, Clippers in the finals. Western Conference finals, if not the finals, they will meet in the playoffs. And hopefully LeBron James and AD are healthy and all the rest of the Lakers and all the rest of the Clippers I hope they're all healthy so we can finally, finally see uh, a playoff series against these two teams. I don't know if all of you are uh, Laker and Clipper fans or L.A. sports fans in general realize these two teams have never, ever met in the playoffs. Not one time. Not one time. So the trolling goes back and forth between Laker and Clippers fans. It's, 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 it's like Laker... Clipper or the Battle of L.A. There, there's a, um, a room in the uh, Clubhouse app that I tell you guys all about. The new app called Clubhouse. It's like an audio app. And one of the rooms is called the Battle of L.A. And I'm going to be hosting that room uh, very soon where I'll have Clipper fans come on. I'll have Laker fans come on. <clears throat> Excuse me. And hopefully it's... Uh, it doesn't get out of hand, let's say. There's going to be some trolling back and forth, of course, but, you know, we're going to keep it uh, respectful when I um, when I start that particular room and have that conversation between the two fan bases. So, uh, again, L.A. fans, basketball fans in general, uh, I'm going to leave it right there. I'd like to first thank the Basketball Podcast Network for putting this podcast on. And uh, most of all, I'd like to thank you fans for uh, uh, in L.A. or basketball fans in general for listening to the show. And again, kudos to the USC Trojans and the UCLA Bruins for reaching the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament. Hope they do well uh, and reach the, um, hey, go all the way and reach the Final Four. Reach the Final Four. 
you know, maybe to be a, a, a all LA final, or or maybe they'll meet in the final four. I had to look at those brackets to see uh, where they both are and, and see if they'll end up meeting each other. But wouldn't that be great? You got the clip, the clip joint in the late show for NBA basketball, and now you have USC and UCLA, two rivals that may end up meeting each other on the basketball court. Wouldn't that be lovely for the city of angels? With that, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Again, thank you all for listening. And until the next episode, this is L.A. Ray signing off. Peace.